Yeah. Who cares about my feelings? Certainly not facts. None. None. No facts. No facts have ever cared about your feelings. And you know what else is a fact? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It and welcome to a brand new series. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today we're starting on Marvel's Midnight Suns uh, Infernal Rising is the subtitle. So this is the prequel book. (gasps) Do you have a physical book, Kevin? I do. You have a physical book. I know. You didn't put it on your Kindle. Sometimes I do this. Um, It's wild. What's funny, though, is I have the physical book. Didn't read it. I listened to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can see, actually, you can see over my shoulder here. That's that's these are these are my this is my video game novelization shelf. Oh, that's your pixelate shelf. You see, you see eco here. That's adorable. Some I Halo. love it. There's all kinds so, yeah, of stuff in there. I have this copy now of Marvel Midnight Suns, and I'm like, look at that spine. Perfectly, has, has perfect, perfectly smooth, pristine. <laughs> this is a this is a pristine. I can I can resell this when I'm done as like new. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. No I actually do you. use the book on the second because I do like a, a a speed read after I've listened to it to do, to take my notes. But <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I, I I try not to rely too much on the audiobook thing, no matter how convenient it is, because yeah. it re- is real easy to just kind of blank out and yeah. go, wait, what the fuck just happened? Oh, no, no, yeah, I've done that before, especially now that I'm listening to. Uh, I'm still working my way through the first Horace Heresy book, and sometimes oh, yeah. I will miss paragraphs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so because the names and the things just kind of run together, um, and then we're like, "Snap! Oh, oh, they're killing people now." Okay, right. what just happened? How did that happen? Why are that? Why are that? Why is there blood and guts? <laughs> I, I got news for you, man. That happens when you actually just read the books too. They are dense. They are. They are dense. dense. Dan Abnett is a dense, dense writer. Very descriptive. Very descriptive very, very. writer. But we're not talking about Dan Abnett. No, not we're yet. Talking, we're talking. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're talking about uh, our probably the favorite of our show, S.D. Uh, Perry. Phil, do you have anything new to say about S.D. Perry? Or no, S.D. Perry, she's still writing. It's great. I think that was the <laughs> most exciting thing about this. Like, S.D. Perry is a, another one of our work-for-hire workhorses. She's a badass. She's uh, For those of you who are trying to place that name, I invite you to join us in our first ever episode uh, with the first Resident Evil book, and then join us in our first year anniversary episode where we read the second Resident Evil book. Who knows? This year, there might be another Resident Evil book. There might be another one. But she's definitely our most read author. Um, Yeah, she's... And I have a feeling she's just going to be. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, she also wrote the Uncharted novelization. Um, Oh, well, there... Oh, shit. That's got to be on the list. No, she's just a a really solid... um, you know, consistent writer. I remember her very fondly from uh, when I was younger and I'd read a lot of the alien and alien versus predator novels and that sort of thing, which she and her dad were both heavily involved in. And, yep. uh, you know, so th- she's, she's a, f- a fan favorite as far as uh, yeah. I'm the fan. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, she does she's good great. work and, uh, and we're not spoiling anything here by saying so far, this is another, you know, great, 
great book by S.D. Perry so far. Absolutely. Um, so we're far, we're so really good. enjoying it. Uh, Midnight Suns, if you are not aware, is a video game made by Phyraxis and not just not just Phyraxis, but Jake Solomon, who is the the daddy of the new XCOM series. Mm-hmm. Um it is a turn-based strategy game, but it's not like XCOM. It is card-based. Uh, you're not positioning dudes to do, you know, attacks on each turn. It's not tactical. It's it's so basically you're you're you got your heroes. You got three heroes uh, on your team. You get drawn like seven cards to start uh, fighting uh, some some guys. And uh, you use these cards to defeat them. And you got two levels. There's some enemies with health bars that need to be whittled down. And then there's other dudes like uh, that are friend of the show. Hot Cider refers to as jobbers. I, um, I keep thinking about that. I've started playing it and I keep thinking about you when you when you told me about that. And now I'm playing it. I'm like, oh, that's the perfect term. They're total jobbers. Just knock them out. There's guys that you get knocked out in one, no matter how much damage they take, they're down. Um, and it's great. It's perfect for a game featuring superheroes because yeah. you need jobbers to really fill things out. You need to have, be able to throw Captain America's shield and knock out like seven dudes with that shield in one throw. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, What's it uh, that uh, I, I was in a chat with some friends the other day and one of them said that basically the way they create these jobbers that they have these jobbers in my Midnight Suns. It's kind of like perfecting the what, whatever those zombie guys were in XCOM 2. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, it's not the fallen, is it? It's it's one of those guys the, the, the headshot and keep going. The, yeah, the guys. fallen, the fallen, the chosen the fallen. were the were the uh, assassin people and the fallen were the the zombie dudes. Right. Um, it's kind of like a better version of that uh, because there was still a little too much stuff that you had to do to the fallen. Um, so, yeah, Midnight Suns, amazing uh, card based a uh, turn-based battler with superheroes. And it, uh, it won a very exclusive and prestigious uh, Pixelit Game of the Year award. It was one of the Pixelit Games of the Year. That's right. Uh, it was one of my Games of the Year of 2022. So uh, I have a high... I hold it in high esteem. I literally just finished it a few days ago as of this recording in early January. Um and uh, I'm really excited about where it goes from there in terms of like DLC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the the expansions because it's Phyraxis and Phyraxis. Oh, they don't know. Always had. They don't stop. They Mm-mm. never stop stopping with expansions. No. No. So uh, DLC, possible sequels, all that fun stuff. So, yes, that is Marvel Midnight Suns and the title Midnight Suns refers to the group, the Midnight Suns, which are specifically uh, the group, the superhero group of Blade, Magic, uh, who is uh, Colossus's sister, mm-hmm. um, Iliana uh, Rasputin, uh, Nico Minoru, who people might better know from the comic book series called The Runaways, um, as well as Robbie Reyes, who is who is the current and most recent iteration of Ghost Rider, I believe. Yeah. And he uses a uh, badass uh, car instead of a motorcycle. Yeah, he's got a muscle man. car. 
He's got a muscle car with like the engine block out. It's it's really badass. Absolutely. <laughs> he's got a cool design too, in and out of the uh the Ghost Rider get up. He's got uh he's what do you call it? Uh the he has two different colored eyes. Uh, it's like and, dichromia or yeah, something yeah, like that. Just just a very good look, you know, very yeah. co- just a very cool uh cluster of heroes, actually. Yeah. Um, and they're all led by a woman named Sarah, a.k.a. the Caretaker. In the original run of Midnight Suns, Caretaker was uh, like a Sam Elliott looking dude. Um, but so I think changing it to um, more of a, a a badass older woman, mm-hmm. I think, was a was a nice touch. Very, oh, yeah. very older Ellen Ripley vibes, I'd say. Totally. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take no shit. <laughs> is is what caretaker is, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of gets you up to speed on the on the Midnight Suns. And this book is going to take us through uh, about six months before the game begins. So um, no spoilers for the game uh, in this. So you're free to listen uh, without having played the game. Yes. All right. So we're just going to get right into it. Uh, the book starts with a prologue, and we are with Satana Hellstrom, who is hosting a party in her little corner of hell, and she is super bored. She is so <laughs> bored and hot. She's all and, and horny and horny, uh, but also but, but mostly uh, bored. But mostly bored and, and, and pretty horny. Yeah. Um, she is there like the way she basically constant. she's a succubus. So she's always thinking about it. Um, but yeah, at one point she just like sends someone to the pits of hell because they looked at her wrong. Right. Um, (laughs) She literally pulls that old move, that old chestnut bored out of her mind. So she's, it's, it's a lot of her thinking to herself about what do I got to do to break this board on my, I've demolished and renovated this corner of hell dozens of times over the past decades to, you know, knock down entire cities of obsidian and bone and all that stuff. And then there's like, uh, she notices like this weak ass little portal spell, like being cast in her party room. And she's like, that's not doing anything, but she freezes all the party goers just to like watch it happen. And yeah. it's not opening. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And she opens the portal yeah, she herself because that's how bored she is. You're <laughs> trying to invade my house, uh, but I'm so bored. I might as well help you out just because whatever, wh- whoever you are, it's got to be more interesting than everything that's going on in my life right now. Exactly. Which I think we've all been there at some point. We've been life. there. Yeah. <laughs> So this guy, his name is Fen, uh, bumbles into her throne room and he like, he's like, uh, hell lady Hellstrom, I need your help. I want to, I want to get an artifact called the Varketh star, which is able to control demons. Uh, and she's like, Oh, you would like my help. And he's like, well, I need (laughs) your help to get a guy who's actually going to help me. And she's like, like, and of it's, course. And it's a guy named Zarathos, who, if you are a Ghost Rider fan, I think Zarathos is like an old school Ghost Rider villain. Um, so Satana doesn't like Zarathos that much. She thinks he's an idiot. She she basically thinks everyone else is super dumb. 
He's got um, serious, like uh, all-star quarterback kind of like vibes. It's a very high school, like yeah. we go to, we go to the, 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 um, the hot popular chick for help getting the, uh, the, the star quarterback, you the know, star quarterback. Uh, yeah. This is, this is some geek who has approached her. Um, and she has decided not to impale him on her stilettos. Yeah. Um, what she is wearing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and whether or not that is a, a, a tragedy or a, a, a happiness is, is entirely up to, up to uh, you. your, your relationship with stilettos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but basically Fen wants to get Zarathos out. So Zarathos can, uh, uh, get the artifact and then they'll use the artifact to torture Mephisto because Mephisto killed Fen's mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real roundabout plan, but you know, you got to do what you got to do if you're trying to tell, take down Mephisto. Yeah. Satana and, and, decides that she's bored enough uh, that she's going to do it. And it's literally all <laughs> like, and by the way, this is, this is the plot. This is the plot. <laughs> and it's all, conducive upon the fact that Satana is basically like, ah, yeah, that sounds interesting. I don't have really. You ever, have you ever read a book where the villain's primary motivation is just, I'm so bored. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a new one. I gotta say, but I like it. I mean, it, I it, I, <laughs> and it's really fitting with her character. <laughs> And honestly, um, it fits in with the whole vibe of the Midnight Suns game as well. Yes. Where, you know, as as serious as shit gets with Midnight Suns, as 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 over the top and you know, you're dealing with the the pits of hell and you know, betrayal and all kinds of heavy, heavy things, you're still gonna wake up in the morning and try to get Captain Marvel and Blade to hook up. <laughs> you're still gonna deal with the he said she said shit of of inter high school drama bullshit and yep. and so and so you know what this totally works this completely fits, and utterly works it, it fits it's right in there it, it's it it nestles right in there perfectly perfectly uh so then we're in chapter one and we're introduced to uh the the baddest badass motherfucker that has ever uh existed blade hell yeah um hell yeah he is hell yeah to blade yeah and he's just sitting there and he's saying some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill um, <laughs> which is one of my that's one of my favorite lines from the blade oh my movie. god it's so good <laughs> um he's on a surveillance mission uh scoping out some dude who claims to have a page from the dark hold for sale yeah. Uh, Blade gets it, though, and it's not a page from the Darkhold. It just happens to be a curse uh, on a and the, the only person who would be affected by the curse is a medieval German farmer. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good. The level of detail is amazing. Like it's, it's a curse. So it's use. It's like useless. The guy's the Com- guy's definitely dead. Completely useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's done. Um, so the guy's name, the guy who he's interrogating is, is named Pendragon, yeah. which is, that's a lot of name for, for this dude. 
Yeah, for this guy, yeah, it's a whole lot of name. <laughs> this guy, this guy might not warrant all of that name. But he might not warrant. He he was he was like a Bob. He should just yes. Been a Bob. I was just gonna say he's like I think he's a Frank, like at best. Yeah. Because he's talking about all of his other artifacts and all that stuff when a SUV rolls up and uh, basically the scene from Back to the Future Part One uh, <laughs> happens with the Libyans shooting Doc. They they just roll up and they shoot a, an RPG at Blade and Pendragon and Blade gets out of there. But Pendragon's toast. Pendra- um, not Pendragon. He was the best character ever. The- the quarterback is toast. Uh. Um, <laughs> so uh, then they peel away and Blade's like, what? Why would anyone try to kill this guy? He's just yeah. like, this is the, the, the whole thing. It was like the, the Midnight Suns getting onto the uh, tail of the mystery is because some dudes rolled up in an SUV and killed a homeless guy who uh-huh. was just trying to sell some nick some magical knickknacks right right <laughs> so he can get a fix or something like that they just they just wow all right blade's we'll say like goodbye okay. to frank uh this is weird um yeah, yeah. i'm gonna go to tell, tell the caretaker about it so he, he gets back to the abbey um uh, meanwhile, uh, we're introduced to Nico Minoru and Robbie Reyes, who are waiting for Blaze back at the Abbey to teach them how to fight with blades, pun intended. Didn't. Um, didn't. Yeah, they're working on their knife work. Um, and we're also in- introduced to Magic, the Russian mutant and former X-Men team member who controls the portals to Limbo. Um, and those are the things that allow that's the conceit in the game that allows the team to kind of just get anywhere that they need to be is is magic uses her limbo portals yeah uh to to get them from spot to spot um front and the abbey is actually in a pocket dimension it's not it's nowhere but it's in massachusetts technically but it's protected from people and prying eyes and things like that Mm -hmm. um so Nico is frustrated that Caretaker has not been forthcoming to everyone about the missions that she keeps sending Blade on. Basically doesn't tell, like Blade just keeps going out and coming back and talking to Caretaker and that's it. Um, because of the four of them, Blade is, you know, he's Blade. He's, right. He can fuck shit up on his own. <laughs> right. It does feel, it does feel at times like, and the caretaker is your very standard older parent figure kind of character who who wants to teach you how to fly, but won't let you jump out of the nest, that whole thing. But right. in caretaker's defense, it does feel like we've got a level 20 character, a level seven character and a bunch of level ones. Uh, yep. <laughs> so it's it's understandable. It does feel a little. Uh, uh, lopsided at times. Who's 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 who is is level? I mean, twenty I'd is say, blade. I, I'd say Matt. Yeah, I'd say Magic's level seven. Yes, uh, because Magic's, she has previous Magic's, experience. Yeah, she was and she was one of the X Men. You know? She's got her own badass stuff. She's the queen of limbo. Uh, you know, and that's just one of her dance moves. Also, so, a lot of her. Uh, she has some of the most fun uh, plays in the game. Yes. Um, Yes, she is super fun to play with. Uh, yeah, so it, it I and then and then you've got you know uh, the new Ghost Rider and uh, and the 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 one character I just have 
fl- flat out never heard of um, in there. So it's it's it is it does feel a little lopsided. I will say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nico. Oh, Nico. Oh, um, I stopped which using her. Makes sense. She is. You have in the game. I, you stop. To, uh, we only got three characters. I don't need. I don't need that much support. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if maybe we, That's if true. we rounded out our team with four, maybe I'd have a little room for Nico. I just do not have room for that shit. She uh, is basically a, a, a secondary support character, mm-hmm. and uh, depending on how you're, honestly, it, it depends on. This is kind of off topic, uh, but it depends on how you're playing the hunter. If you're playing the hunter uh, away from. The hunter can kind of go in two directions with yeah. the powers they use. If you're playing the hunter more in the aggressive offensive way, uh, then you might need a support character. But yeah. if you're playing the hunter with the light abilities, um, then you're not going to need another support character because the hunter has plenty of healing right. uh, spells on their own. And I'm, so, I'm going fun time paladin uh, with my fun time paladin. So, yeah, okay. so I don't really need it. <laughs> <laughs> don't really need it. We work hard. We we work hard. We play hard. Work hard. Uh, play hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I, I I totally get it. Um, Jesse Cox's uh, build in that game, by the way, the way he designed the hunter has has like a mullet and I wears aviator aviators all the time, um, <laughs> which is perfect. And a headband. <laughs> the moment I unlocked some horns, I was like, well, that's going to be a par- permanent part of my costume. Now that's I've going on there now. now, even though it's yeah. a totally light palette and I still want horns, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so uh, blade and caretaker are discussing the ramifications of a mission. Why use an RPG to kill the guy blades? Like, <laughs> why didn't they just like wait till I was gone and, like kill him right. uh, caretaker is pretty sure that no one is collecting dark hold pages because that would have been picked up on uh by the mirror table uh and they're like well we're gonna keep an eye on it and they leave the room and they catch nico uh l- listening in basically mm. on their conversation um chapter two we're in chapter two now uh satana Breaks into the cell. Zarathos is being hidden in and portals him out. Uh, Zarathos is like dreaming of killing uh, Mephisto over and over and over again because Mephisto is the one holding him. Um, he and then uh, that's that. We we get we meanwhile back meanwhile. over to the Abbey. Uh, Blade is musing about the the architecture of the Abbey. Uh, and all of its statues and in this way kind of gives backstory about the caretaker's sister Lilith who had sold her soul to Cthan, the uh, the the dark god Cthan. Yeah. Um, when we also find out that the library has been sealed since Agatha Harkness's death, um, Agatha was the caretaker's, uh, I guess, wife is kind of they don't is specify. it wife i i always went with sister on that one but uh I'm no agatha and caretaker are, are <laughs> lilith and caretaker are sisters right. agatha and caretaker oh, are oh oh okay yeah 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 agatha so. and caretaker are are lovers um oh i didn't pick <laughs> up on that yeah well it gets more and more explicit as the game goes on not explicit Uh, that way but i mean explicit as in (laughs) really uh (laughs) really Hmm. yeah yeah ghost sex 
You could tell I'm a heteronormative guy because I was like, there's they're roommates, you know? <laughs> they're just friends. They're, oh, they're just really good friends. Just really good friends. God. Um, we're also introduced Charlie, who is the best girl. Um, yes, Charlie is the best girl. That is a fact. Charlie is the dog. Um, that the, the you, dog. The dog. <laughs> Uh, it, what's funny is the way Charlie is described is hilarious because Charlie is like in form is basically a patchwork of a bunch of different breeds. Yeah. It's like the body of a whippet and the, the, the face of a Doberman with the ear and it like goes off. I'm like, but none of that matter. All of that pales in comparison to the fact that it's hairless and has red flesh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, possibly it's a demon dog. Possibly demon the dog. first thing you'd notice. I don't know. Pro- probably the first thing you notice above Maybe. all the other things. Um, Charlie. Uh, so they're eating pancakes for breakfast and Nico confronts caretaker over the fact that, the only person she's been sending out to do missions is Blade and that everyone needs to be kept in the loop. Um, and caretaker in her normal stoic way is like. <sighs> and then. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> For those of you not watching on YouTube, I just sipped my water and that's basically all caretaker does. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because they do a they in both the book and in the game they do a pretty bang up job of that archetypical uh just like because i said so uh style leader character it is a classic uh yeah she and- is she does a whole lot of because i said so's mm-hmm. um caretaker is uh a big, and that was that's kind of the thing is that agatha was more of the motherly character and she is she has died yeah. and caretaker is the you know uh you know she's she's the stick <laughs> yeah and when you're when it's all stick uh then then it might be a problem it might be a problem uh blade heads out on another mission they think they have found a location of the the uh, dudes from the previous night, mm-hmm. um, they get there and uh, Blade asks Magic, hey, can you just like listen in and see what you pick up with your your limbo powers? And then Magic's like, can I just come with you? And Blade's like, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically they find that the guys are in, hanging out. These these soulless guys are hanging out in an RV uh, just chilling and Blade goes in and beats the shit out of them. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Magic uh, base starts to. Um, oh, I skipped a scene, an intermediate scene. Hold on. Oh, we'll back up. Meanwhile, Meanwhile Zarathos, I let, let's go back a little bit because yeah. all that stuff is happening um, in the next chapter. I skipped over the rest of chapter two. Uh, I got so excited. We got so uh, excited the, for the rest of chapter ass. two. We're meanwhile, we're with Zarathos and he's asleep in Fenn's shitty apartment. Um, <laughs> That's right. It's a real shitty apartment. Uh, Satana is looking herself over in the mirror, uh, checking in on the changes that she has made to her appearance to make her more approachable um, because the bombshell sex kitten uh, thing was not going to work 
Um, so she's uh, in on Earth. She has to tone it down a little bit. Tone it so down. She's, just a little. Tone it, just a little. She's still hot, but not oh, yeah. like not like you know, uh, kill yourself. Uh, yeah. Hot. You know, if she goes too far, you'll have a bunch of nerds on the internet saying that if it weren't for her, they'd be watching their streams on Twitch. Exactly. And that's just distracting. She doesn't yeah. need that drama. She doesn't need that drama. <laughs> um, and after one evening on Earth, Satana has already gathered a dozen soulless servants. That's um, uh, just how which, horny this country is. <laughs> yeah, they they like her. She likes them. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they like her. She feeds on them. Yeah, she um, she she likes them in a manner of speaking. Yeah. In a manner of speaking. Yeah. She likes uh, okay. There's at one point the hot guy from the bar wanders in. Uh, I, love <laughs> it. I love it. I recognized so many of these people. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> like, oh, I know you. I know um, you. Zarathos uh, is basically on the couch. And he can feed and recharge on Earth just by sitting there and soaking up misery. Um, and then Fen comes in and he makes his pitch to Zarathos. And Zarathos is pretty into it. He's like, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Zaytana thinks that both Fen and Zarathos are super dumb. Um, oh, yeah. And then Fen tells her that there's a whole bunch of other artifacts in the tomb that they need to that they need Zarathos to break into. Um, and Satana refers to it as it refers to it as a take over the universe DIY kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, and then she's it's something she says she thinks something about like why somebody would keep all of these artifacts in one place. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no. It's like leaving all of your uh, your country's heads of state in the same easily broken into hotel room or something like yep. that. You're like, oh, this isn't going to be good. This is not going to go uh, go well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Satana has been ordered by Zarathos that she needs to now kill her victims around 40 of them uh, or two score, as Zarathos says, uh, uh, to get him back up to full power. She doesn't like it. She actually doesn't really dig on killing people she just likes taking their souls um so she's not she's not down with the the murder um so now we're back to where we were blade magic are on the other side of the portal magic is like hey can i come um they get into the rv blade takes everybody down and then begins interrogating the guy he recognizes as the driver who was there when pendragon was killed um and magic notices there's a small box Basically, they were having trouble seeing or like understanding what's going on inside of the RV. There was like a haziness, yeah. like a fog of war thing going on in the RV. Magic notices this small box with a weird energy signature. And, and she notices that it. she realizes it's gamma radiation based on her experiences with the Hulk. Um, so Magic begins interrogating the driver using limbo magic because as a as the queen of limbo, she has some control over the over soulless beings. Um, and the guy starts talking about the triumvirate, uh, the star. Um, he just says the star. He doesn't really get into what the star is and how right. he can bench 250. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Throws that little nugget in there because he's trying to impress our succubus friend, <laughs> which fair enough. This, this gives you a, a hint as to the guys that, the succubus is that that 
Hellstrom Satana is uh, is catching with yeah. her honey with her honey pot yeah. is um, is real dumb dudes. Yeah, um, not Andrew Tate's. You know what I mean? Just. Uh, <laughs> Oh God, that would actually be an amazing way for him to go out. Is, oh my is God, via succubus. Anyway, via succubus, <laughs> poetic justice, poetic justice. You know. Um. So, uh, Blade is like, okay, I'm gonna finish up. You, uh, you go home. You take that box and go home. Magic picks up the box, and wouldn't you know it? It's it's trap. It's it's got a trap on it. And oh, begins yeah. to explode and uh, blade and magic get out of there. And uh, that's that's no good. Uh, no. Meanwhile, back meanwhile. at the Abbey, Robbie and Nico are arguing about feeding Charlie pancakes because it gives her <laughs> gas. <laughs> this is what I mean. <laughs> I There were so many moments in this book, including this one, where I for a split second, I was like, why this is stupid that why are they why are they what is what kind of teenage bullshit is this and then i was like wait a minute i know it's been a while since i've read superhero comic books and stuff but that's how they were when i was a kid like it's like yeah you had the big battles against magneto and shit but then you had psylocke trying to pick up cyclops underneath gene gray's eyes and all kinds of weird we live in a mansion and we're horny and and athletic uh, bullshit, yeah. you know. So it, this is all in keeping with a long, proud Marvel tradition. A long, proud, proud. Basically, and and what's funny is that early on, Nico had the hots for Robbie. It's mentioned earlier on that mm. Nico had the hots for Robbie, but it, they had kind of settled into a brother sister relationship. Yeah. Um, uh, to Nico's chagrin, I believe. Um, and Nico continues like randomly calls Robbie King. Um, because his yeah. last name, his last name, Reyes, is is Spanish for king. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know the way like her calling him king is just. Uh, it feels a little bit like when Blade refers to caretaker as mommy. I don't uh, I don't know if I uh, I buy the motivation. <laughs> How old is Blade at this point, by the way? I forget. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I do love that Blade is possibly the earliest example of when we get our first actor who portrays him. Uh, That is his model from here on out. Blade has had a lot of models in the comic book. uh, But after it was Wesley Wesley Snipes, Snipes. Is it's like that's just Blade. Snipes. That's yeah, just that's, Blades. That's just who even he is. even what's his uh, what's his face who's playing Blade now, um, uh, or will be playing Blade. Oh, um, do 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 Mahershala do. Ali. Yes, Mahershala oh. Ali. There we okay, go. Okay, is that how you say it? I'm not Mahershala. Right. Yeah, Mahershala. Uh, that's not a great yeah. name. Yeah, Mahershala Ali is the is the new Blade, and I believe he's basically. <gasps> oh, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's a good actor. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling he's going to be a good blade. Um, yeah. Good choice. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Blade. Blade. Um, blade. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Nico likes Robbie. Robbie doesn't necessarily like Nico, but she calls him King every once in a while to, as playfully wink. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so Blade Blade calls a team meeting and he gets the team up to speed on everything that just happened. Caretaker does not like the fact that Blade called the team meeting without her approval, but he uh-huh. does it anyway. Um, Blade wants the team to look into the star reference. Uh, and while he speaks, he goes and gives Bruce Banner a call. Um, Caretaker is very huffy that Blade is taking initiative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How dare he do the thing that I keep hoping they'll all do? How he, son dare of a bitch. he? Um, it's like Blade has been around for a while. Caretaker, yeah. just chill. He like, might not be quite as immortal as Caretaker is, but he's he's up there. He's up there. <laughs> he's up there. Um, later in that day, the team does a communications exercise, um, and I thought this was actually kind of a neat like example of things that they would actually need to do on a mission. So the yeah. idea is. Blade takes a baseball and he is coming up with a scenario of what could happen on a mission. And he says something like, we're on a mission and uh, part of a building collapses um, and turns into snakes or something like that. And he throws it and somebody has to call out the name of the person who can handle it. And he throws it. Uh, and throw it to them and they have to say who's going to handle it and then he calls out the next scenario and then he introduces like a second ball so basically the idea is they're throwing the balls to each other and constantly calling to the other person who needs to handle the thing or state that they will handle it yeah Um, it's a really interesting exercise yeah um, and it's to teach them to just like always be talking, always be communicating and yeah. very clear because at one point the game kind of falls apart when Nico's like, oh, I could do this, then I could do that. And be like, and Blade's like, no, you need to just either say you're handling it or give it to somebody else to handle. Right. You can't just like philosophize about what, how do you fix the problem? like going forward, you know, yeah. there's no time. We've got to think on our feet. You've got to there's take no time, charge or get out know. of the way. Exactly. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Caretaker yeah. comes in and inter- interrupts the exercise. And she's like, I have another mission for you, Blade. And uh, and everybody's like, oh, man. God. And Blade finally is like, all right. He goes into Caretaker. He's like, I need all of them to come with me because they actually need mission experience. They need to, yeah. they need field experience. They're not going to learn anything more just by sitting here. Um, and caretakers like fine. Uh, so he, uh, he takes them, he takes the entire team uh, and caretaker is at the mirror table and she thinks she hears Agatha say something to her. And so when caretaker turns around, there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Bum, 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 bum. Um, oh, Agatha. chapter. What's you like Agatha? I Which is I interesting. Like Agatha. Yeah. It, I'm not sure what her normal presentation is in the comics. If she's a villain or like a hero, because in this, I she, think she's played. She's one of those characters uh, that can go go yeah, either way. Kind of goes either way. <laughs> kind of a Magneto sort of thing. Yeah. Um, cause in this, she's like the motherly, she's like a motherly hero type yeah. figure, but in, um, in like WandaVision, for example, she's yeah. the villain that the is bad. the big bad. Um, so that's, it's interesting. I, I guess it can kind of go in a number of directions. Yeah. Um, so chapter four, 
Uh, the team arrives at the warehouse and they realize that there's been some uh, ward spells placed on it for protection and all that stuff. Uh, Blade cooks up a plan to get everyone involved because everyone needs to do their part. Uh, yeah. Teamwork. It's, uh, it's capture, a learning exercise. It's a learning exercise. They capture two soulless uh, who are just there like depositing bodies and yeah. begin to interrogate them. And it's like, the one was like the a surfer dude, and the other was a bodybuilder or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and just, it was like you just, really just start Los to un- Angeles fine, finest. <laughs> you really start to understand like uh, Satana's taste. Absolutely, um, <laughs> I'm safe. Is uh, <laughs> so, I never have to worry about Satana fucking with me. <laughs> so they're like, um, they're. The they're just, they've just been getting rid of bodies for Elise, quote unquote, who is a goddess. It's Satana. Um, yeah. Like, meanwhile, nearby, Satana is, is making out with a dude when she yeah. realized that her servants are being interrogated and she can't have that. So she snaps the guy's neck and uh, begins projecting herself as a shadow into the uh, room that the Midnight Suns are in. Uh, when she gets there, she recognize the only one she recognizes is magic uh, uh-huh. because she's the mistress of limbo, hates her accent, but loves her bangs, loves uh, her bangs. Just a great bangs. Great line. <laughs> they, but it's, it's like they they work so well with the shape of her face. It's, yes. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Oh, God. Um, and she notices that Blade is a vampire. So. In order to end this whole interrogation thing, she targets Blade uh, with a spell to basically make him hungry uh, because that's her thing as a succubus is is making men hungry, uh, except when she does it to a vampire. It's a well, it's a mess. Um, so uh, she for, hit- for our vampire, the masquerade playing friends, uh, she basically causes Blade to frenzy. Yes. Blade goes into a frenzy. And like eats, like rips the throat out of one of the soulless dudes and just oh, yeah. like drinks immediately. his blood. Immediately. <laughs> and they had gone, they'd made a point of, of saying things like, well, the soulless aren't people anymore. Not really. Cause they gave up their soul. So I don't know if that was meant to like turn them into robot foot soldiers, like, uh, like in right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like that. So we don't feel bad when they die, but, uh, it was still pretty shocking to be completely honest. Like, goddamn blade really, uh, ate them. Uh- <laughs> he, uh, he ate them. He ate them. There's no getting around it. He ate the shit out of them. He's, he's a vampire. Vampires are known to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh- from time to time. <laughs> From time to time. So Blade gruesomely kills the Solas that they've been interrogating. He's full vamp now. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, and now he turns on the Suns, and they they work together somewhat. They they miss up on, on a few opportunities there. But Nico is able to cast a spell on him uh, using the Staff of One. Now, the way the Staff of One works is that... Um, she can basically cast a specific spell using a specific word, but that word will never cast that spell ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically says the word sated and as in he's, he's satisfied and uh, casts it on blade. And that kind of snaps him out of uh full vamp mode uh, and wakes him up from his mm-hmm. frenzy. Um, 
And afterwards, Nico realizes the importance of the exercise Blade had put them through. Ah, <laughs> all comes full circle. Full like circle. Uh, caretaker, uh, they get back to the Abbey. Caretaker gives uh, Nico and uh, Robbie a good job. Um, <laughs> which is which is more than either of them expected. Which, yeah. Um, and that, that they now know. nod, like the, the Robert yeah. Redford kind of nod. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they now know their villain is using pheromones. So they're adding that to the list of uh, things to investigate. It's like Carmen Sandiego now. You know, yeah, they're just like, really they're like using pheromones. They are looking for the star of something. Uh, Last scene know. in Montevideo. Uh, just, <laughs> just in case. That's who we're dealing with. No, mm. it, yeah, it, it truly is that. It's Clue. <laughs> it's Clue, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the end of chapter four, and that's the end of the section that we're talking about tonight. So, Phil, uh, how you feeling so far? I'm having so much fun with this. This is, it's this a blast. Is, it's, it's, you know, I think the best thing about S.D. Perry is she always knows her source material, uh, and she never... She's not there to show off this. And that's going to sound like a weirdly roundabout kind of compliment, because what I mean by it is that she's not there. She is there to service the franchise. She is there to service the story and not the other way around. She's not trying to show off her own skills or anything like that. So she does her very best to blend into the world. Um, I, I remember a, uh, a, uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours, actually, uh, in film school, she told me she was a sound designer. She told me once that, you know, a sound designer did a good job because you don't notice the sound. Um, and that's that's what S.D. Perry is as a writer for hire. Uh, she right. It, there's no there's no. Oh, that's such an S.D. Perry moment. No, the, the S.D. Perry moment is that it's a it's a solid example yeah. of this franchise. Uh, right. And frankly, as a person, I, I'm, I'm about a third, maybe a quarter of the way through uh, the game. And uh, this does a really good job, actually, of explaining things that weren't very well explained in the game. They really do throw you into it. And if you don't have certain bits of background, uh, you might be a little confused. And this actually answered a few questions that had been kind of that had been just kind of confusing to me. So sure. if you haven't played Midnight Suns uh, and you and you're you're interested in the story specifically, this might not be a, a bad thing to start with, honestly. I, th- yeah. I think you'd get a lot out of it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think her her skill and her talent is basically writing uh, a book that fits neatly into the universe and doesn't stand out too different. Like, it doesn't stand out from the rest of the uh the media in that yeah. universe it it fits in seamlessly which mm-hmm. uh i think i think is good i think it's a yeah. it's a good talent sometimes you want to um if it's not super important that it does that then you know you you can get a you can get somebody with very specific um style yeah. um like like an urban weight uh um, sure. for yeah. you know um and i think that's fine um, uh, but I think SD Perry's strength is being able to, uh, shape shift, so to speak. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, she's, she's the mystique of. She totally is. Yeah. To, to borrow a, a Marvel 
uh, character. She's the mystique of of video game novelists. So, and I Great really stuff. appreciate that. Yeah, same here. Same here. Really good so far. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to continue with this um, in the next couple episodes. Uh, but I think the most important question I have is, what are you playing? Oh, I... Well, I mean, surprising no one. Uh, I am finally Midnight uh, Midnight playing Suns. Midnight Suns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally, I was having some trouble there. I got everything figured out uh, how to make it work. It's still, it is still a bear of a game. Uh, some of these loading screens are absurd, but that's how Firaxis games tend to be. Uh, yeah. So it's no great surprise. And I still play the shit out of some Firaxis games. Um I'm finding that I don't, I'm not as invested in the story. Um, and I think because it's hitting a lot of my XCOM needs and XCOM, the story was the furthest thing from my sure. interest when it came to that. So I think there's a sense memory part of me that when we get to a lot of the story parts, I'll go, okay, all right, all right, all right. I don't really, you know, with, with sure. the exception of some characters, if Spidey's uh, talking, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, sure, sure. You know, uh, and but I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I it, it would have been it, it it's a it's going to get a retro uh, uh, retroactive game of the year award from me uh, just because I'm I'm enjoying it so much. But I also did get to dip my toe into another game, um, Ooh. completely random game uh, called Grime. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I I I. I know the name, but yeah, it is, it is, it is proof positive that I will only play Metroidvanias based on their aesthetic. <laughs> uh, it was that way uh, with Blasphemous. Uh, I pushed through the things about Blasphemous that normally don't interest me at all when it comes to Metroidvania simply because I adored the world they created. Sure. And uh, if I'm going to keep playing this, which I'm, I'm not sure yet, uh, but if I'm going to keep playing this, it will be because of the aesthetic. You you play this animated rock uh, creature. There's kind of an Adam like Adam and Eve vibe to it. It's like you know, born of the earth, etc. And right. you're going through this strange world filled with. Right now, it's stony kind of characters and that sort of thing, and it's about the soul and the life uh, in the clay and that kind of thing. And it's got kind of grotesque, surreal uh, vibe to it. I, I highly recommend anyone who's a horror fan uh, or uh, just a, a fan of creature features and that sort of thing, at very least to look it up. Um, it's grime, all capital letters that right now you'll see it under grime colors of rot, because that's the DLC uh, that I think came out for it. And mm -hmm. um it's it's it it feels good to play. It looks really good. I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more about it because hmm. uh, it came out in 2021, um, and uh, I I hadn't heard the first thing about it. And I right. just I I just happened to see it uh, while I was going through some recommended games and that sort of thing. And I, I'm genuinely kind of surprised at that uh, I hadn't heard anything about it from anyone else. It is, mm. to be fair, gameplay wise, just a lot more of the same. There's sure. really nothing in it that uh, I haven't seen elsewhere. So that might be part of it. But the aesthetic yeah. is really the art direction's amazing. Yeah. Cool. So uh, what about you, out. Kevin? What are you playing? 
Well, um, I just finished Midnight Suns mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago, and that was pretty much the only thing I was playing. So just to talk a little bit more about it, um, the uh, I was looking up some of the voice actors for Midnight Suns. So uh, Yuri Lowenthal is the voice of, of Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker. Uh, Yuri mm-hmm. Lowenthal has been the voice of Spider-Man for um, a really long time now. He's he was also the voice the, of him for the uh, PlayStation for the, game, right? The, for the PlayStation game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's, he's great. He's great. Um, uh, uh, some of the other actors that ha- that you would recognize, uh, Michael Jai White is the voice of Blade. Um, and oh, I, that's funny. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, part of me thinks that Michael Jai White might have been in the running for Blade uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, he would have been a good choice. Yeah, he would have been, been a good choice. choice. Um, uh, Michael Jai White, if you don't know, is uh, the Spawn. guy who played Spawn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's motherfucking Spawn. He's That's- Spawn. Um <laughs> So he's a great voice. Uh, the hunter can be male or female. Mm-hmm. Uh, the male voice uh, is Matthew Mercer, um, yeah. uh, who everybody knows. Uh, Elizabeth Brulon is the female voice. I, I don't recognize her uh, name, but um, she's great. Brian Bloom is Captain America. Brian Bloom is also BJ Blazkowicz in the Machine Games. Well, Wolfenstein. that and makes so much. Well, I mean, BJ model, <laughs> the face model and like shape of Captain America in this game is basically BJ Blazkowicz from the. <laughs> that makes the, sense on so many different levels. <laughs> that makes so much sense. And I was like, when I when I saw that, I I, I was like, oh my god, I love it. Uh, Laura That's Bailey hilarious. plays uh, plays magic, so we got a couple of. Uh, the the what's it um that that dnd podcast the critical role critical role people are in there um so yeah a lot of a lot of good and uh fred tastacor is is hulk and i think he's been hulk before um yeah as as like you know the the gruff voice of 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 the hulk but yeah, yeah you know it's uh, i i like you know digging into the the people in this game it's it's kind of it's it's a fun game i really oh, like yeah. it um and i'm looking forward to the dlc um what's next on the horizon for me is um the case of the golden idol is the next okay. is the next on my list um and was it uh, 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 VZ, um, who's who's a big fan of ours, recommended it, and uh, he's. Also I've heard a, some good things about this. wonderful video essayist, um, and uh, he recommended it. Uh, Harry from Video Games Are Bad played it, um, and is probably making a video on it. So this I think I'm going to play fucking it. Terrifying looking, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. All right. You're it's in. going on the wish. I'm in. Jesus. So, yeah, I think that's going to be my next, the next thing I do. Um, I'm getting kind of, um, oh, is that why you guys were talking about the Oberdin? Yes, that's uh, why we're talking about Oberdin. I was glazed uh, in the over and I saw Oberdin popping up a lot. This has got some serious Oberdin vibes. Yeah, because uh, Allie. Um, Ali Miaoi, who uh, also is a wonderful video essayist, has been looking for mystery games. Um, 
So we, we were talking about Golden Idol and Oberdin a bit, out, a bit, and this this definitely has some Oberdin-ish vibes, but it's sure. also a point and click. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's going to be the next on the on the list for me. Nice. Um, but that's a good do follow it for, up, I'd say. Yeah, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, this is uh, this is this is a fun book. Looking forward to to reading more of it. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with part two. And uh, otherwise, if you uh, if you're feeling froggy, um, uh, to borrow a term from from Hess on Oops All Monsters, <laughs> he loves using that word froggy. Um, if you're feeling froggy, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter uh, at Pixelipod on Instagram at Pixelipod. Go to our website, Pixelipod.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get uh, episodes a couple days early. Uh, that's a newsletter perk is getting a, getting getting episodes a few days early. If you're needing that fix, uh, you, you, know you might you get are. them two days early. If I if I've edited them two days early, then you're, you're going to get them two <laughs> days early. That's, that's the big that's the big uh, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, asterisk, <laughs> you know, subject to change because right. I got things to do. So. Right. Uh, but I'm I, that's uh, it's there. You know, that's that I'm I'm putting that out there saying um, subscribe to the newsletter earliest way to to get episodes and honestly honestly it's probably the uh most consistent way to hear a new episode has been uh has been pushed out is by is via the the newsletter because it's not beholden to any algorithms or anything like that it's right there it's fresh it's hot it's in your inbox ready to go straight to your hot little hand straight to your hot little hands and into your hot little ears Um, and your heart hot little hearts in your hot little hearts and and then the the eardrums the, the cute little eardrums the yeah. yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> anyway uh good night <laughs> good night <laughs> <laughs>